All right, let's go to John chapter 8, verse 12. John chapter 8, verse 12. And if you are taking notes, the title for this morning is Live by Example. Live by Example. That is the title of the message today that's keeping in line with our theme for the year, which is the light that leads to life. The light that leads to life. I want to remind you that the Bible declares there's an angel of light who leads to death. And so we want to make sure you're not following that light. Amen. So we want to make sure we're following the light that leads to life. And so in this message, and as we continue to look uh, in John chapter 8, verse 12, we have been looking at this text, and it's one that you should write and put it on your fridge or on your mirror, whatever, because you're going to hear pastor continue to talk about this particular text. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, this is the New Living Translation. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Thank God for that. Amen. Praise God. Because you will have the light that leads to life. And that's where we got our theme from. Like, just take it right from the Bible and you'll be safe. It's right from there. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We pray your blessing upon it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, John chapter 13. I love the book of John. And again, I would recommend if you are a new believer, if you want a fresh start or it's 2021, and you want to know where do I begin in terms of what I want to accomplish in 2021? I encourage you to read the book of Genesis, at least the first four chapters of the book of Genesis, and then dive into the book of John. The book of John is a solid book that really John writes about Jesus and his divinity. He talks about the Logos, the word. And it's critical that we understand the word of God. Listen to me real carefully. If you don't have a deep desire for the word of God, you're going to live a rough life. You're going to live a rough life. And so it's critical that we see from the word of God how to live by example. And the example, of course, we're talking about is the example of Christ. Christ is that example. In John chapter 13, verses 14 and 15, we see Jesus uh, being Jesus, we see him doing things that just blows our mind. And, and, and so in John chapter 13, Jesus knows that he is about to depart. He's a man on a mission. He's someone who knows the assignment. How many believe that Jesus knew his assignment? Absolutely. He said, I don't do anything as the father tells me. He was very focused. And people wanted to make Jesus all sorts of things. They wanted to make him king by force. And Jesus says, I know what's in the heart of every man. Nobody can put their hands on me. And so we see in John chapter 13, he's with his disciples. He's with the 12 of them. And what amazes me is that Jesus knows the hearts of every single person. And in this group, there is somebody whose heart is beyond just a surface issue. Uh, this person that is in the group is dealing with surface issues, but he also has a deep issue as well. And we see... How Jesus, by the example, was able to still fulfill his mission even in the midst of the enemy. 
Even in the midst of darkness, Jesus still continued to be the light. And so in John chapter 13, verse 14, verse 15, it says, And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Now, when I grew up in the Pentecostal circles, whatever you had baptism, next thing was feet washing. You would take off your shoes and take off the socks and you would come and you would wash one another's feet. And, and so we've got too sophisticated for that now. We don't do that stuff anymore. And, um, but here we see Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And so what he's doing is, 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 is on multiple levels. The first thing he wants people to understand is that Jesus knows the surface issues of your walk. He understands that dirt will get upon your feet just because of movement. He knows that going certain places, that obeying the Lord, you're going to attract certain things on your feet. And so he says, you can't have fellowship with dirty feet. He says, no. And, 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 so, and so what would happen in the custom of those days is because they didn't have closed-toed shoes like we have now, is that as they were walking about, the, the dirt from the Galilean soil and from Israel would get upon their feet. And, and so you couldn't, you couldn't have fellowship with people with dirty feet. And so there was a basin and, and there was someone known as the servant. And the servant was the person who would wash the feet of those people that would come in so that they can actually have fellowship. And so here it is now that perhaps the person who normally uh, does this, the person who normally is one who washes their feet, perhaps they were given a day off. Perhaps they were told, hey, this is your day off. Or perhaps they didn't realize that Jesus was on his way and that people were going to come. But perhaps Jesus was just showing up and, and, and the person didn't know. They missed the timing of the master. But nevertheless, Jesus gets to this place now. And, and so he's doing this thing and he's telling them and he's giving them great truths that, that, are, that are dealing with the surface issues of walking amongst men. I'm here to tell you that just living, just being a decent human being, you don't have to even be saved. Just be a decent human being who knows that you have value. Walking amongst men, you're going to have surface issues arise. They're going to happen. And so Jesus understood that. He understood that. And he tells us that since I, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to then wash each other's feet. He, he took it up to another level. He, he elevated to a place of saying you ought to live by example. He said the surface issues, uh, though they're surface issues, they ought to be taken seriously because somebody is walking in stuff that they can't continue to walk in if you really love them. That it requires a certain mindset. To really humble yourself and be a servant. And Jesus, the Messiah, the one who is Elohim, the, the one who is God with us, Emmanuel, excuse me, the one who is known as Emmanuel, God with us, lowers himself to a place of sight. I understand the surface issues. However, there's a deeper issue I'm trying to address. And therefore, I'm living by Example. See, when you live by example, you recognize it's not just to have conversation. You realize I've got to move into the realm of communication. And so therefore, as a servant, what you were doing, especially a servant for the Lord, I can't speak for being a servant for somebody else who manipulates and takes advantage of you. But to be a servant of the Lord, your objective, your agenda is the glory agenda of the Redeemer. 
that as a servant, your goal is for God to get the glory. And he states here that you should wash one another's feet. But I don't know where you've been. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you've been. What matters is that you're with us now. What matters now is that your surface issues ought to be taken seriously. Why? Because there's a bigger issue I'm trying to get at. And so I just can't have conversations with you and just have coffee. We've got to go deeper. We've got to communicate the word of God. And it begins by me posturing myself as a servant. Why? Because I'm living by an example. I'm living by an example because he says, I've given you an example to follow, do as I've done to you. That's the word of God, isn't it? And so even though we stop physically, perhaps, watching one another's feet, it doesn't mean we miss the deeper issue of this text. It means that Jesus is setting up a pattern for you and I as servants to love people in the deepest degree and the depth that Jesus himself loves us. Oh, that's the kind of friend I want. That's the kind of marriage I want. Come on. That's the kind of relationship I'm looking for. People who are going to serve one another, recognizing that we all have surface issues that must be taken seriously. I've given you an example to follow. If we truly follow this example, there will be less debate and division in the house of God. There will be because, because at this point we would posture ourselves to recognize now that I welcome this conversation, but I've got to go deeper. We've got to communicate the word of God. Why? So you can connect with what God has for your life. So leaving my presence, you can say, man, you made a difference in my life. That, that you made a difference and you changed the outlook And perhaps you could even say, you saved my life. You prevented me from making a decision that was dangerous. Why? Because you postured yourself to recognize that these surface issues ought to be taken seriously. Why? Because the bigger issue is what really we're after. And so in this text, he says, I've given you an example to follow. And so, so therefore, though we physically don't do it, spiritually we're supposed to be doing it. How can I serve you? How how can I help you in your walk, in your destiny? Come on. What a privilege to be invited into someone's destiny. For someone to open up their heart and to allow you to walk in. Come on. You can't come in with dirty feet. No. So we wash your feet. And so here is the Lord saying, if you want to be the light, if you want to shine, if you want to have influence, you got to start living by example. That example is Jesus. Why Jesus? Because he's the only one that's sinless. He's the only one that's perfect. And so I enter into your life. Why? Because I want you to grasp, grasp, I want you to get a hold of the glory agenda of the Redeemer. I heard someone say that. I'm like, ooh, I like that. That Jesus was about the glory of God. And that his agenda was about that. Can you imagine coming into a church or being amongst people or even here, even your workplace? That you tell your your employees that the culture of this place is we have the glory agenda of the Redeemer. See, that's why we need believers to be in business. Come on. That you set the atmosphere for your place of employment. 
And you can say in this place, we are about the glory agenda of the Redeemer. So we serve one another because we understand that you have surface issues. And so our paycheck may just cover the surface stuff, but we know there's a deeper issue. There's a bigger issue we want to go after. And we know that you desire the glory of God. So we want to help as much as possible for you encounter the glory of God. So you go back into a world that's dark and you can say, let there be light. It's a glory agenda of the Redeemer. And it begins by saying, I followed the example of Jesus. To the young people, 1 Timothy 4 verse 12 puts it this way. He says, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say. In the way you live. In your love, your faith, and your purity. Now, Paul's writing to Timothy, and so from this text, we can say that young doesn't just mean age. Young could also mean years in the ministry. So you could be young in the faith, and he said, this is what you got to be, or it could be young based on age. But what Paul is saying is this. He's saying, Timothy, you now are going to lead a church, and he's telling, don't let anyone look on you because you are young. He says, no, seek wisdom. Be a servant. Live a life of an example. He tells them how to do it in the way you live. In your love, your faith, and your purity. Come on, somebody. If you're living like this, God is going to move in our midst. Because we're setting the example. So from this perspective, if we, if we summarize the, the surface issues of, of 2020, don't miss this. I call them the big three Ps. The pandemic, the protests, and the presidential election. The big three that cause, I ain't washing your feet. <laughs> The big three P's that rocked this nation and made us question whether or not you even save. Surface issues rocked the nation. And so I want you to understand that you can eliminate those three and we're still going to have surface issues. Those are just the three for 2020. <laughs> and we made decisions for eternity. Based on surface issues. God help us. And so while every other institution has to flow with the surface issues, not the church. We're supposed to live by example. Of what it means, no matter what we see on the surface. We are going to be servants. In the kingdom of God. You see, the three Ps are simply just a manifestation of a structure and a system of withholding. Look at your paycheck. My daughter was working in the election booth. And, and so, I, you know, at the booth and we're like, okay, you're going to go back next day. She goes, ah, I don't think so. I'm like, okay. Her one day of work. Amen. Somebody, so one day. But she goes, so Monday is coming to me. So she's all excited. Spending her money. She spends my money and then she gets her money and it's her money. Mm. And so she gets her paycheck waiting for it. Fill out her, I think, her W-2, something just to fill out. It's so funny watching her. She's filling it out and everything like that. And, and so she's waiting on her paycheck. Delaware office. And it finally comes in the mail. And she's excited. And she opens up and she goes, this is it? <laughs> That's all there is? I said, welcome to the working world. <laughs> There's something called withholding. Come on, somebody. <laughs> You're in a system and a structure. 
that don't trust you. So they'll take it from you. Come on. Uh-huh. They'll take it from you before you have any opportunity to do something with it. But God looks at his tithe and says, I'll trust you. Oh, come on, somebody. And yet we rather God force us to give him what belongs to him. And God says, I'm not like the world. I trust you that you want the windows of heaven to open up over your life. That I can shower down a blessing upon you. See the three big P's. All they are are manifestation of a structure and a system of withholding. And so the enemy now brings these things to become smoke screens. So you don't deal with the bigger issue. Not issues, the bigger issue. And so you've heard me say this over and over again. Why do you keep repeating? Because here's the deal. How do I monitor your growth if every week I bring a different message that the first message you haven't even sunk in yet? So I'd rather give you a message at the end of the year. You can say I've grown in my walk. Come on with the Lord. than get a different message every single Sunday that you're trying to process. Come on. We got to slow this thing down. Because the world is looking for a system that releases abundance and not a system of withholding. And it's the church where we got to live by example. We have to do this. And so I tell people all the time, I said, listen, I said, I'll have any conversation with you on surface issues. Why? Because you have great value. It's important to talk about the issues. Important to have your cause. Have it. You are a human being. You breathe in, you breathe out. You're created by God. But understand, the level of where surface issues will take you, and this is Bible. This is a mountain that I will die on. He already died on the mountain to redeem you and I of my sins and your sins. So I'll trust him with that mountain. But the mountain that I will die on is the mountain that would declare, listen, the surface issues, though they're serious, they're simply only going to aid you In your way of life. That's the maximum that these surface issues can deal with. It's just your way of life. And it's based on your experiences and the events of your life. That's where it goes to. And so you have all these institutions trying to create a better life. By putting structures in place. That's simply saying we're trying the best we can to minimize the withholding. We're going to withhold from you. We have to. But we're trying to minimize as best as you can so it's favorable to you so you keep us in power. And so as a result of that then, I've got to move into a level. I've got to move into an understanding that's simply strengthening the structures and the system. But there is something called the church. Come on. And the church steps in and says now, those structures and systems were designed to be blockaged to stop the flow of God's purpose in life and for your life. Good God Almighty. So the reason why I wash your feet is because I know there could be a blockage. Oh, good God Almighty. 
that's causing you to not walk in your destiny. So I've got to get to a posture and a position so you will realize it's not about the surface. It's about the bigger issue. Now I trust you because of your posture, good God Almighty. Because now you've humbled yourself. Now I know it's not about getting over me or to stab me in the back. It is about a blockage, an artery, come on, that is preventing God's purpose to flow in life and in my life as well. So if i got to take my time in 2021 to do it, I will. Because here's the deal. The world's getting dark and we have to be the light. We have to be the light. We have to shine. We can't hide anymore under being comfortable. We can't hide anymore. We've got to be the light. We have to shine bright. And we're going to see why we have to do that. Because see, the bigger issue in this particular text of John chapter 13 was Jesus says, but one of you is a devil. I'm washing your feet. But one of you is a devil. And so while I'm dealing with the 11 and your surface issue, is he the Messiah? Is he not the Messiah? I thought he was going to overthrow Rome. I thought he was going to do all those things. While you're worried about surface issues, and I'm with you the whole time, there's a bigger issue. There's a devil after somebody that wants to enter into his heart. Because behind the scenes, monster ink got a hold of him. We scare because we care. Somehow somebody got a hold of him and says, hey, 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 we need to take this person out. Because he's messing with our structure and our system and way of life. And so Judas became the one. And even in the midst of that, Jesus understood that the will of the father was still bigger than any devil, demon, or decision made by anybody. Oh, God, you can't touch someone that lives like that. That's living by an example. And so he goes and he realizes and even dips his bread with him and all of that. And he goes on and he says, I did all this to teach you an example of how the surface issues work, but also the bigger issue. Go and do what you've said you're going to do. Oh, God. And Judas, his feet were washed, but he still stepped back out in dirt. But it didn't change Jesus being the example to the Father for the glory agenda of the Redeemer. So I hate to break this news to you. People are going to leave your presence and go walk back in dirt again. But all your concern really is, is this. I got to live by an example. I have to live by an example because I realize now that the bigger issue really is sin. It's really missing the mark of God's standard. To live by example, I love this, and I quote, There is great power in example. It is hard to improve if you have no other model other than yourself to follow. A good example is not only inspirational, it also gives us a pattern to copy and learn from. I love that. So if you're going to live by example, let me refresh your memory. There are five questions that you must answer. The five questions we've been laboring and we've been talking about is, number one, who is Jesus? If we're going to go and deal with the bigger issues, if we're going to go past the surface, we must we must eventually get to Jesus. We could talk about everything else. We could talk about what's going on, but eventually we must get to Jesus. 
If in our time together, we don't bring up Jesus, you're going to leave and embrace a structure and a system of withholding. We must talk about Jesus. Who is Jesus? That's a question for young people. That's a question for old people. It's a question for everybody. It's a question for Congress. It's a question for everybody. Who is Jesus? That's what they asked in the first century. Who is this guy? Who is Jesus? If you get that wrong, everything else is going to be off. Everything else is going to be off. And that's why Judas opened up his heart because he didn't believe that this was the Messiah who was coming because he wasn't overthrowing Rome. He wasn't doing those things that was said about David coming. He missed the big picture. He missed the real reason. No, he's going to deal with Rome. Come on, come on. He's going to deal with Rome. When he was in front of Pilate, he says, Pilate, listen, you want to talk about truth? Don't you try to compare kingdoms now, Pilate. <sighs> he was intimidated by it. He says, I am the king. And I rule and reign. So I don't care what anybody tries to say. Here's one thing I'll never, ever, 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 ever let happen. Jesus is king today. He'll be king tomorrow. He was king yesterday. Jesus is king and he's not threatened that anybody is going to be able to vote him out. Are you out of your mind? Jesus is king. That's it. And so when they ask who is Jesus, he's king of kings and lord of lords. Relevant. Relatable. And reliable mm, for today. That's a question for your eternal destination. Who is Jesus? Now, some water it down and give you easy believism. Oh, just, just, just believe in Jesus and you made it in. I'm not sure of that. <laughs> just to go on record. <laughs> just to go on record. Because even the devils know Jesus. I'm not saying you're a devil. I'm just saying even the devil knows Jesus. But as far as I check and read the book, he ain't going anywhere near the Father. Come on. Matter of fact, he's afraid of the Father. <laughs> Bible says he, 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 he trembles when one saint goes on his knees. Oh, God. Ooh, come on. I, I love the preaching that shows it when it's just like, like the enemy's just getting on your, he's getting on your nerve and he's keep bringing these surface issues. And you're like, if you don't stop, I'm going to go on my knees. If you don't leave me, if you don't leave my kids alone, I'm going to go on my knees. And I know there are moms. Come on. I know Megan's mother would get on her knees and says, devil, let my children go. Don't you mess with them. Remember our first experience with the, with the demonic. We were fresh in the faith, man. We were fired up for Jesus. Went to an all night prayer meeting in the same bus. They used to take us to the clubs. Amen. That now taking us to prayer meeting. Come on, somebody. I'm like, this bus looks familiar. <laughs> I, said, I said, that deacon, amen, praise God. <laughs> that deacon was driving us to the clubs, amen, somebody. But Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? Surface issues, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, we'll deal with that sin later. Just come on to the club. Uh, now, this van's taking us to a prayer meeting. And, and we're at the prayer meeting. This person came, and you know what I mean? And we're reading all the... All the books from John Hagee. We're reading every book, man. You know what I mean? And faith, and we're doing everything. And we fired up for Jesus. And man, somebody came and manifest. And I'm like, look at here. I'm like, look at, look at here. And I'm telling you, I think it was quoting scriptures. You know what I'm saying? That thing knew everything was going on. I'll be speaking Jamaican. I'm like, what? This thing's got international all over it. An international demon we're dealing with. 
And at that moment, we have to know who Jesus was. At that moment, we have to know who. It wasn't the easy believism that was able to sustain us. No, we had to realize who is this Jesus because the surface issues was the pain that this person went through. When we finally realized that getting that demon out, what was really, really the issue was a heart that was open because of some trauma that took place, some, some abuse, some experience, and some event that took place that gave access to the enemy to come in. And so here it was now that we're thinking this thing is deep, but we needed Jesus. We had to know who Jesus was that day. Now I'll admit, when I got home, I said, Mom, move over. I'm sleeping with you tonight. <laughs> I'm a grown man. I'm a teenager. I'm not sleeping right beside my mom. Amen. But it was, who is Jesus? And so we called the saints in, man. We're like, we need some help. We called the mothers in. Come on. And the mothers came in with their hats. Where is she? Come on. Get in a circle. I'm like, What? Let's join hands together. Devil, you got to get out. And we're like, and they're like, oh, bam. See? They knew who Jesus was. Knew who Jesus was. The second question is, are you walking in darkness? Is there an air in your life of where... um, you're walking in darkness, and this really means that you're distracted, you're deceived, you're disobedient to the heavenly vision that God has given to you. We got to answer that question. We do. For you to be able to take off your garment and wrap the towel around you and live by example, you've got to be able to know, are you living in deception? You're living in disobedience to the vision. One of the worst people to be around is someone who's being disobedient to the heavenly vision for God. Just ask Jonah. They're on this boat, and they're about to go where they're supposed to go. And Jonah's supposed to go the other way. <laughs> and pay this fear. You know what I'm saying? Because I paid my money. I'm on this boat. And because of one person who was not obedient to what God told him to do, they were throwing their stuff, system of withholding. One person changed the structure of a ship. Because God is saying, I value my word over your preference. And Jonah said, I can't do it because them Nineveh, I can't wash their feet, God. Do you know who they are? And God is saying, you got to live by example, Jonah. And so when you're with somebody who is not in line with what God has for them, it is destructive for you. Come on, young people. Yeah. Now everybody you can hook up with. You can wash their feet, but not everybody you can connect with. Is Jesus your desire? That's part of that question. Uh, number three is, is really this. Do you have direction for your life? Do you have direction for your life? Number four, do you know the difference between in the light of this and the light of life? And Pastor Teresa talked about that just a little bit uh, in our exhortation. And number five, how do you make decisions for life? These five Questions are critical. Hear me, TGP. And for those who are watching online, listen, we've got to answer these questions because God has a purpose for your life. He does, and he wants you to know that when you live 
these five questions and you live by an example, you are making a difference and your light is shining bright in this dark world. Hear me, church. We must shine our light in 2021. We must. We must do that. And so the person who can answer these questions, here's what they say. My first point is this. I see life in the light. I see life in the light. You see, when God illuminates your life, when God enlightens you to who he is and to these questions, you now become a person when people look into your eyes, they see the life of light. They, they, they see now, ready? We're going to talk about the depth of your soul. We haven't gotten to your soul yet. But right now they're seeing that you are open, not just to surface issues, but you're open to the big issue of sin because, you know, sin is a blockage. It is missing the mark. And when you look in their eyes, you realize that what they're saying now is this. I see life in the light. There is hope. Because somebody has washed my feet. And so now I see all things beautiful. I see all things powerful i see all things purposeful oh come on the journey to get to this destination was beautiful even though there were things around me the bible says he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy so on this journey all things are beautiful not that they're beautiful on the outside surface but on the inside all things are beautiful all things are powerful all things are purposeful And so here it is now that people gather together when they come into the institution called the church. Are they seeing life or death? Are they seeing power or program? Are they going to a funeral or a wedding? Come on. Ah, come on. There's got to be a place where I see life in the light. And that means you are following the example of Jesus. See, to see life in the light, it means that you are being shown the way to live, to live separate. Come on, to live separate from darkness and to walk in the way of his light. With life and light, we can boldly let darkness know that we are a living witness of the example of the one who is the source of light. That we're a living example of the one who's a source of light. So the second point is this. Thank God that Jesus sees the bigger issue. Thank God that you see the surface issues and we have conversations about it. But thanks be to God that Jesus sees the bigger issues and know how to deal with sin. That he knows how to deal with sin. That they ask the question, who is it, Lord, so we can kill him? Who is the one that's trying to take you out? We're just trying to figure you out. Who is the one that's going to betray you? What kind of language is this, Jesus? Who? You picked us. So who is the one that has the bigger issue? And Jesus keeps his sound because John didn't know. When he wrote this, it wasn't like John knew. Jesus goes, okay, John, I'm going to whisper to you. It's Judas. John didn't know till after it happened. And he writes in his book and said, it's him. Because you see what happened. But I just want to take... 30 seconds out. For those of you who want to thank God that he saw the bigger issue in you. Come on. Ah, God, thank you you saw the bigger issue. 
You saw beyond my pride. Come on. You saw my insecurities. You saw what was going on. You saw the bigger picture. And you still stooped down and you washed my feet. Thank God Jesus sees the bigger issues. My God. That's how we got to be a people rejoicing. A people celebrating. What's going on? Oh, hell is breaking loose. Yeah. Surface issues. God sees the bigger issue. Thank God Jesus sees the bigger issue. He sees the bigger issue. And the bigger issue is this. We'll put this on the screen. This is what we talked about last Sunday. Here's what Jesus and how he looks at the bigger issue. Jesus communicates with us from a heart of compassion. He doesn't lecture us on our behavior, but teaches us about his nature to love. He boldly leans in with true conviction as he leads us to see our sin in the light of life. He did that with Judas. He sat there. Knowing what was going on, because if you read John 13, you read what it says, and God loved, Jesus loved them. He loved them till the end. He kept nothing back from them, including Judas. He kept nothing back. He says, he, he, he says, everything, everything about me, everything about me, I'm going to love you. Why? Because he realizes now that Judas, you're dealing with surface stuff, but I got to deal with the bigger issue. The enemy is after you and just communicates from a heart of compassion. He doesn't lecture. He didn't say, Hey, Judas, blah, blah, blah. No, he says, the one who I dip with. Come on. He's fulfilling what David wrote about and says, if it was an enemy, I can understand, but it was somebody in my own household. Come on. That's some deep issues right there. That's some deep Deep cut right there. When it's someone in your own household, a cousin, an uncle, a brother, somebody does something to you and he still says, I get it. I get it. And so he deals with, with this and here's what he, he ends with. And we're going to end with this as my time has, has gone. We're going to just deal with the first part, the heart of compassion without compromise. We see in this text, just did not compromise. We see right here a heart of compassion without compromise. Two more texts and I'm finished. Go to Matthew chapter 9 verse 36. I want you to go there because I want you to see how Jesus painted the picture of surface issue people that need a deeper issue remedy. We're going to see surface issue people. He actually calls them a name that if you think about it, there are three descriptions of a sheep. I'm not going to say the first one because people may get offended, right? So I'll do the other two. But when you look in the biblical times and where we look at shepherds, they weren't people who were like, oh, we want to be a shepherd. In the biblical time, being a shepherd wasn't like, oh, that's, that's the, mom, I want to grow up and be a shepherd. <laughs> it was not because of what they were doing. That's why when David came to, to kill Goliath, when David came in, if you know the story about David and Goliath, and he came in, the brother says, hey, and, and, and look at the statement he made to him. Hey, where are those sheep you're supposed to be taken care of? It was a disrespect. It was saying, why did you leave the menial task to come and do man's work? In other words, we're going to look down on your youth, David. We're going to look down on your youth. And so David comes back and realizes, now, I see the big issue. Come on. You guys are looking at surface issues. Every time the giant would come, you guys will hide. But David says, I'm going to deal with the bigger issue. He's offended God. Come on. He is actually talking about the God of Israel. That's the issue. Come on. And anybody who talks about God, we got to get to a place. Come on. Where they talk about God. And like, listen, don't talk about my daddy like that. Thank God Jesus. If we can defend Jesus like we defend everybody else. Let me get off of that. So Matthew 9, 36. He says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. 
What he's doing now is Jesus saying, while you are looking at prophets and you're looking at politicians, he says, it's time for you to look at pastors. Are you done looking at these other leaders now? He says, now let's look at pastors. He says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. When you are confused and helpless, you are also, ready, directionless and defenseless. And so Jesus comes on. Jesus says this. Watch this now. He says, when you think about it, the crowds, he says, the crowds, the people that need their feet to be washed, the people who are actually saying, God, I need an answer. The people who were sitting and looking at Jesus, he said he had compassion on them. He had a heart of compassion without compromise. He says he saw the crowd. He had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. And after a year like 2020, come on, don't believe everything the media tells you. Come on. There are more people who are confused and helpless. And if we just stay with surface issues, we will miss the harvest that God has given to us. There are people saying, I need an answer and it's not coming from somebody else. It's got to come from Jesus. Is there anybody who knows somebody who's confused? I'll put up both hands and both feet. They're so confused. I understand the systems of the world, but it shouldn't come into the church and be confused and helpless. And that's because the church no longer deals with the big issue. We'll deal with the surface issue. How comfortable are you? Is the temperature okay? Let's move the cross not to offend you. Come on. Let's make sure you get your three points and you out. Let's make sure the program is legit. But to take a position of washing one's feet, that's power. That's beauty. And that's purpose. He says they're confused because they don't see nothing beautiful. They don't see anything powerful. They don't see anything with purpose. And so Jesus, have a heart of compassion without compromise. And so he says this. And I'm going to finish with this. It's hard preaching this, and I, and I struggled because I'm like, God, it's like I want to elevate myself because I'm a pastor. This is how God flows in my life, just so you can know. After the last four and a half years, this is how it flows. I have an apostolic call on my life. That God sends me with a pastoral heart for people. And I observe things from my perspective, looking at things, so I'm seeking God's face. He says, okay, they've had all the prophets. And they've got all the politicians and the pollsters. Now it's time for the pastors to rise up. The people are confused and they're helpless. And nothing is coming out of those other institutions. But systems of withholding. And he says, pastors. The crowd is confused and helpless. Good God Almighty. Do I start the business and not start the business? Do I write the book or not write the book? What do I do? My kids can't go to school. They're confused and helpless. And they're saying, will somebody please wash my feet? And tell me what's beautiful. What's powerful. And what's purposeful. It doesn't mean we don't engage. God knows we need to engage. But if you don't get people to stop being directionless who are defenseless. They won't hear a word you're saying anyways. 
Because the bigger issue is preventing them from seeing the soul of a nation. And this is the responsibility and the call of pastors. And so it's hard for me to now say, hey, as if I'm puffing myself. I'm not. I'm simply telling you. It, it, it's, it's the gift and what God is saying. What he spoke to me anyway, he goes, okay, are you done with all the prophets? Are you, do- are you done? Now it's time for pastors to rise up because he's saying here, we need a people with hearts of compassion that won't compromise. We need the Davids. Come on. We need the three Hebrew boys. We need people who are going to say, I have a spine. I've got a backbone and I'm going to let you know I will never compromise the word of God I promise you in 2021 this is my prayer God let the pastors rise up and live by example let the pastors go back to what was their assignment let them get back to preaching the uncompromising word of God let them preach what is truth. Let them preach truth, good God Almighty. Let them not give in and buckle into the culture. God forbid we allow the culture to penetrate the church. The people are confused because culture came in and said, I'm staying. Because you don't got no power to tell me to go. And now we can be relevant without compromising. We can be relatable without compromising. We can do it. Because Jesus set the example for us. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 3, hear what he tells us. Peter, who's also a fellow pastor, he's an elder, he's also an apostle. And Peter says this. He says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 3, he says, one translation, don't domineer over the people. In one translation, he says, don't lord it over the people. Here's what, assign to your care. But lead them by your own good example. Oh, good God Almighty. St. Pastors, you are shepherds. Let your light shine. People are confused and helpless, and you're not giving them any direction. You're actually making it worse. And he's saying now, in this season, in this moment, We must give direction to a nation because we have the authority to do it. We must give direction to every institution because we have the power to do it. Because we see what is beautiful. We see what is powerful. And we see what is purposeful. And he says, these people are assigned to your care. But lead them by your own good example. I'm done. I'm done. But pastors, can you answer these five questions? (laughs) Do you know who Jesus is? Do you have direction for your life? Is there darkness in your life? Don't compromise. Stop making excuses. He says this. If we are going to be a witness, if we're going to make a difference, please hear my heart. I don't want no one to think we shouldn't engage. Of course we should. We're light. Of course we have to engage. It's a dark world out there. But if we really want to see a move of God, we have to have a heart of compassion. Look, I'm closing my Bible. I'm turning off my phone. Here it is. Here's what I want. Here's what I'm praying as an altar call. Here's my commitment to you as a pastor. Here's my commitment to you. Not only do I posture myself and and, and be humble to wash your feet, 
But here's my commitment. Here's a commitment of pastors that I believe God has raised up all over this nation. Here's what I believe you're going to start seeing. They're going to start strengthening the boundaries. Come on. That we've allowed the boundaries to collapse. And what they're doing now is they're seeing a group that are that is hopeless and confused. And they're saying, come on, I'm going to strengthen the boundaries. So in the boundaries, you will see what is beautiful. You will see what is purposeful. And you will see what is powerful. I'm strengthening the boundaries. Because if I do this, then you will have protection. And your life will be a life lived by an example. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Now, we're starting with pastors. We're going to move into parents as well. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Live by example. Let's begin today to say, I have a heart of compassion without compromise. That's the way you engage. That's the way that you help the helpless. And you give answers to the confused. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for what you did by washing our feet. What an example. What an example. Help us to see things from your perspective. In the light of life I see things beautiful purposeful and powerful 